0: Welcome to the podcast, Verses and Visions, Creative Conversations. I'm your host, Cassidy Beck. In this podcast, we will delve into the personal stories of individuals who have achieved success, gaining insights into the experiences that shape their journey and the visions of themselves. I'm so pleased to announce our guest today is Douglas Pugh. Douglas Pugh is a family guy with five beautiful children. He is a hyper music nerd, and he's very proud of that. He graduated from an excellent doctorate program in music composition at the University of Cincinnati. He got a postdoctorate at the Chopin University of Music in Warsaw, Poland, as a Fulbright scholar. He was a professor for a time, but he is now an online marketer by day and a composer-conductor by night. His music has been heralded as stunning and magical by the Washington Times. His music has received multiple awards and is published in & Hawks, Shoot Music, Santa Barbara Music Publishing, Jackman Music Corporation, and his own publishing house, Blue Shore Music. On a more personal note, I'm fortunate enough to call Doug a mentor as I'm taking a business class from him and I get to learn from him weekly. So Doug, welcome again to the show. Thanks so much for being here
1: thank you and we had a sixth child since that biography was written so now oh we've updated things
0: (laughs) well congratulations on your birth of your travel it may have been a minute
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's been three years but
0: (laughs) (laughs) congratulations are there any uh, other updates on that oh i think
1: that was very that was great yeah thank you
0: yeah so i would love to hear a little bit about your journey like how did you transition from a professor and you're still teaching although in a different manner so tell me about that
1: so i grew up knowing i always wanted to be a musician i've been a musician for as long as i can remember there's a little we have pictures of me as a little kid in diapers holding my dad's baton with very serious conductor face two years old with an LP of a Tchaikovsky symphony in the background or something. It's, it's been a part of my life forever. So I go to college and studied music and was on track to do what you do as a classical musician, which is become a professor and do that kind of hoity-toity stuff <laughs> <laughs> and went to nine years of college, bachelor's, master's doctorate, postdoctorate, all the, all the things. I, I checked all the boxes. Yeah, And then I got it. I was just teaching music, but I got a little disenchanted with mm-hmm. academia for several reasons, going to all of them. But it was like, I don't know. I've been in school so long already as a student. At the time, I was getting these big commissions, like the, the John F. Kennedy Center commissioned me to write a full-length opera that was staged at the Kennedy Center and everything. And so I was working on that, but then also teaching freshmen and sophomore ear training and theory. And it was like, oh man, I, I want to do more of this other stuff and not be in school anymore. Something needed to change. And so I pivoted out of that. And actually my brother-in-law's company, I started working for him and learning online marketing. I didn't know anything about it. Well, I could maybe write you a symphony about marketing, but I don't know anything about marketing. <laughs> so, gradually started learning, and they were generous and bought me books and courses so I could start to learn. And but pretty quickly, I realized it was for me a very similar kind of experience to writing good music, because um, when you write good music, the number one rule is keep the butts in the seats. We got to keep the audience engaged. Right. So you have to be a persuader as a composer. Keep people excited, listening and not exiting out the back door halfway through. And it's exactly the same as a marketer. You want to get the attention of your prospect, keep the attention, and take them all the way to a purchase and a repeat purchase and so on. So I I really got into that, especially the writing of sales emails and those kinds of things in a in a non salesy way, but like in a fun personality driven kind of a way. So that started a big, huge rabbit hole of marketing online and stuff. So after a couple of years, I got picked up by another company, a guy who was kind of a famous marketer and I was his chief marketer for two years. That's when I kind of really cut my teeth. It was like a master apprentice situation and we did over a million dollars each year in his business doing that. So I really got some fantastic experience. And then from there, during the pandemic, I I split off and became a freelance marketer. And so that's kind of what I'm doing now. I I have a couple different projects. I I take clients to help them with their marketing, to create courses and make sure the curriculum's good. And because I have curriculum background as a professor and then help write the marketing and get them launched. So that's that's one thing i do and then the other thing i do is i have my own music business where i teach music classes to a certain niche of people who want to learn to write uh church music and then i met you through as you said this this program that i with daniel Blomberg we partnered and we coach creatives in building a business around their creativity
0: so you also have your own publishing house So are you still publishing your music as well?
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the main reason for that is, you know, Boozy and Hawks and Shot International. Those are like the big dog classical uh, composer publishing houses, but I only get 10 cents for every dollar that's sold through those pieces. I'd much rather get a hundred cents on the dollar. So I started publishing my own music online. And that's much nicer when you get a packet of music sold and you get all the money instead of yeah. almost none of the money. So that's that's pretty common nowadays for a composer in this day and age to unless you're a super big shot, then having a someone like Boozy and Hawks is nice because they'll spend all their money marketing your music for you. But if you only have one or two pieces with them, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. So I do my own publishing.
0: So it sounds like the, your kind of vision of yourself has changed over time. What tools did you have to kind of kit a clear vision of yourself and where you wanted to go?
1: Well, a very supportive spouse. Mm. I hate to call her a tool, but that is <laughs> indispensable, having a very supportive spouse. But I, I couldn't have done any of that without her. Gumption, mm. that I would have the gall to do this. That's still a struggle sometimes. There's self-doubt and playing with the belief, like, oh, can I really do this? Like I had the nerve to start, but hmm, can I see it through? But nerve is a big one, it, it really is. Have the courage to like, I'm gonna do this and don't tell me I can't. I, I, I love telling people stories about my music clients because you know the, the prevailing wisdom is, you know, you're know you at Thanksgiving dinner and say, so, oh, well, what are you studying in college? and Oh, I'm studying music or I'm studying painting. And they start looking at you like, oh boy, you're never going to make a living doing that and I love telling them, well, I have this client who's an artist and I helped her launch her online business and now she's making over a million dollars a year as a painter and they're like, what? And I have this piano teacher client who's making about a half a million dollars a year online. And it's, that's a lot better than what you thought. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I kind of like sticking it to the people a little bit. Sure. Sure. Not in a jerk way, but like this yeah. can't be done. Like you yeah. can do it. Yeah. So I
0: that's,
1: like that. that's a lot of it.
0: Yeah. Who do you feel like has shaped who you've become today?
1: I come from a line of entrepreneurs. My dad mm. um, started out as a corporate guy in, in Silicon Valley, but then, broke off on his own, ran his own business. And that took a lot of guts. I'm the oldest in the family, so I kind of watched all that happen for quite a while. And he's a corporate employee again now, but in that entrepreneurial spirit, he started his own orchestra 13 years ago here in Utah, and it's now the top community orchestra in the state. But it's that go-getter gumption entrepreneurial spirit. His dad was an entrepreneur, same kind of thing. Definitely my dad and my grandfather. I've been lucky enough to have some really good mentors. The guy I worked for, I told you about Ray Edwards and others who, they have a lot of vision and they have a lot of strategy and knowledge about how to get this done. So, So I've been really blessed to have some mentors help me through that.
0: So I feel like you kind of have touched on this a little bit, but I do want to talk about imposter syndrome because I feel like as creatives, we face that. And as entrepreneurs, I feel like maybe a double dose of it. So how have you yourself overcome it? And how would you say to other people to overcome that imposter syndrome?
1: Well, I don't know that you ever fully overcome it. And I think maybe that's an okay thing. I could be wrong, but... Something about the imposter syndrome, if you still believe enough in what you're doing, I I, I find it refines you a little bit because you have to push through it. There has to be an obstacle. Otherwise, life is just too meaningless. If you think about the things that mean the most to you, they're often the things that were the hardest to get a mother is so protective of her children because it was hard to bring them (laughs) into the world. Right. And that special relationship or you you accomplish some great thing, whether it's winning a big award or a degree or whatever it can be. So something about the imposter syndrome, I think helps that if you look at it the right way of saying, Mm -hmm. okay, uh, there's doubt and people are going to doubt me too, but I'm going to do it anyway. So having the willingness to kind of walk into the fire and do it anyway, because you know, it's going to hurt, you know, it's going to be hard. You kind of have to make that choice. Otherwise I don't find you ever really get anything done. So I, rather than overcoming it, I'm more of like accepting it as part of it and doing it anyway.
0: So I feel like I hear you saying, once you embrace that, you're going to become stronger because of it.
1: Absolutely. I don't know if you've heard of the book, The War of Art by Steven Mm -hmm. Pressfield. It's all about resistance. It's like the Bible on overcoming resistance. And it's fabulous. Like resistance doesn't care who you are. It will do anything to win. It's like Jaws. It, It can't even think. It just will kill, kill, kill. If you let it and you're the only one who can overcome it and it never goes away. It's like that movie A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe. Mm. Oh, such a good movie. Brilliant genius mathematician, yes. right? And yes. code breaker. But he's schizophrenic. And he yeah. and he has these hallucinations of these three people. And I love the scene at the end of the film after he wins the Nobel Prize. He comes out of the hall and there they are, those three yeah. people who he's been hallucinating his whole life. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't pay attention to them, but they follow him everywhere he goes. That's how resistance is; it's that it doesn't go away. Uh, you just have to manage it. Easier said than done. And I sure. have good days and bad, but it's sure. part of the journey.
0: I really like that perspective. I think that's great. Do you have any rituals or habits that you feel like have contributed to do, to your success or where you are today?
1: Well, yes. I ground myself in God and Scripture, so I I try to be pretty regular of having a consistent study time, even if it's just a couple of minutes a day to just like ground myself in that. Something else that really helps me. It took me a while to accept accept this because I don't like a lot of the woo woo stuff out there. But you know, <laughs> uh, meditation was always like, oh, "Give me a break!" I roll my eyes every time anybody anyway, that meditation. But a doctor friend of mine is like, don't think of it that way. Think about it like a singer or like a trombone player who has, he's speaking my language, right? Musician. Yes, yes. Um, which I remember all my brass friends in college before they'd show up an hour before school and they'd be out in the lobby doing breath exercises. Cause as a brass player, your body's your instrument. You have to control your airflow for as long as you can without passing out. So you can create this beautiful music. And so they would do these long, long breath exercises to like stretch the diaphragm and get it almost like a Navy SEAL who's trying to hold their breath for three minutes underwater kind of a thing. So I do a little 10-minute breath meditation where I work to extend how long I can inhale and exhale, and I count the beats. And something about the rigor of that, it clears my mind, clears the mechanism, and helps to ground me. I'm not as consistent with it, but it works really well. And then I think on top of that, I'm not very good at this, but I do try at least a couple times a week to make sure I shut things off and just mm. go play with my kids mm. and not be working all the time. That's a really hard thing as entrepreneurs, uh, especially a solopreneur.
0: Yeah.
1: You could work 24, 7, 365, sure. no sure. question, right? mm. but like, Taking the time to shut it off and play, like not just shut it off and watch TV and be a bump on a log, but like play, chase your kids and roll on the floor and, and laugh and have fun. My wife, I'm sure, would laugh to hear me just say all that, but it, <laughs> it's hard to find the time to do it, but it, yeah. it helps a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. And I feel like that's something I could work on too. I feel like that lump, <laughs> you've got me, my physical body is there, but not all of myself is there. So I like that idea of like more engaging with your kids. A question for you, because I've heard you use the word ground yourself a couple of times. So tell me what that means for you.
1: I am very much a hyper creative who if someone doesn't tie me to the ground, I will float off into outer space. I can daydream about a piece I'm writing or something at the expense of all else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, oh, yes, I'm on earth. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. there are other people around. Many creatives are like that, where we can get sure. into a flow state very easily and we can stay mm-hmm. there for a long time. But mm-hmm. that doesn't always equal a healthy life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do need to be grounded.
0: Kind of like recentered.
1: So, yeah, recentered. That's a good okay. way to say it.
0: Can you tell us about any obstacles you faced and how you've overcome those obstacles?
1: Oh, how long is your program?
0: Did we mention you have six kids? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Kids are no yeah. obstacles. They're blessings.
1: They are, but yeah. it's, it's interesting though. You mentioned kids because my, my wife's also a business owner. The more we involve our kids and help them see what we're doing and the more they support us and the more yeah. they're like, oh, the, you can start to see them have ideas of, oh, maybe I could do something like that. To the point that we have a couple kids who've started little neighborhood mm-hmm. businesses and have done really well. They have a much better understanding of that kind of stuff than I did at their mm-hmm. age. I didn't think of any of that at, at that age. But obstacles, I'd say probably the biggest obstacle is self-doubt. Mm-hmm. I mean, while sure. I do feel I have gumption and nerve and all that it's still it's a daily thing. Self mm-hmm. the self doubt. It's funny because it gets worse on the weekends for me mm-hmm. because I'm I'm not like in the thick of working on my business all weekend. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I'll do some here and there, but it's like I'm away from it and then I suddenly go, Oh crap. What baby. am I doing? <laughs> or I'll wake up at two thirty in the morning and have a panic attack. That's probably the biggest obstacle. I would say another mm-hmm. one is because i'm a freelance marketer sometimes the ups and downs of the financial situation being a freelancer can can be challenging and then that can enhance the up in the middle of the night kind of stuff so but there's this weird in-between zone because most people who go from being a regular employee (laughs) to business owner it's a big jump like and there's this in-between zone of where's the money going to come from while you're doing that? But where's the time going to come from if I keep my job? And it's a very challenging no man's land in the middle. Yeah. yeah. So finding ways to make sure the kids are fed and the house is not being repossessed in the middle of making that journey.
0: Yeah.
1: That's, that's a big obstacle. It's, it's yeah, obstacle. for sure. Yeah.
0: How would you say that you give back or contribute to the greater good?
1: I am a big believer in high value email marketing, meaning in my music business, I email them every day, almost all the time. It's an expert business. So I feel like if I can't share something helpful with them every day, am I really a helpful expert? So that's, that's the angle I take on that everydayness of it. But I try to make sure that they can walk away from that email having learned something. So that as a business owner, I'm not just, I will only help you if you purchase from me. Mm. Of course, I'll help you more if you purchase from me. That's an important thing to make sure you show up in a valuable way. So that's one way. Mm. Another way, you know, just in my community and in my church, I try to be try to be as helpful as I can and serve and do things like that. But then also, like with my dad's orchestra, it's a volunteer thing. I'm the associate conductor and I play in the double bass section, but it's a big volunteer effort. And at first it was like, Oh, I'm doing this for the music and that's a large part of it. But now it's become much more about the community atmosphere. Like we have a following, we have fans and they come to the Halloween concert and they dress up and they bring their grandkids. And it's become more of like a community outreach kind of a thing through the power of live symphonic music. So I've I view that as a service opportunity.
0: That's great. So do you frequently get feedback on your creative process and how do you handle that?
1: Yeah, oh it's crucial. I think you gotta have some good feedback. I'm a coach and I'm a pretty high level coach. I charge quite a bit for my coaching, but I'm also being coached. I'm in a year long coaching program with a really super high level marketing guy who's coached a who's who of people in that particular coaching program. It's, it's about writing sales copy. We meet twice a month and I bring a bunch of sales copy I've written and he tears it apart Mm. and it's great. You know, Mm. being a musician, especially being a composer, you kind of have to figure that out early on or you're not going to make it because you everybody's going to comment and it stinks at first, but after a while you're like, Oh, I really want to hear that. I may not listen to you, but getting the feedback is so helpful that it's become a pretty normal thing for me to the point that even with my music students, we are working on a class where we are writing a choral piece or something. And I'm there to be the critiquer. That's my job. But I'll also say to them, hey, I'm also working on a choral piece. I'd love to hear what you think of it. So I'll seek them out as my students for two reasons really because i do want their feedback number 1 and number 2 to give them a chance to enhance their own composer skills by critiquing their teacher
0: mm.
1: which is a it's a challenging thing at first it's a little intimidating but it's so important to have feedback the best feedback of all especially as an entrepreneur is the cash register yeah. you know things are working if sales are coming People have to pull out their credit card and purchase. It's one thing to get attention on Facebook or Instagram. It's another thing to get money in the bank. So different types of feedback, but yeah, feedback
0: is crucial. How do you feel like you typically find your inspiration for the music that you write, for all the projects that you're in?
1: I try to keep my finger on the pulse of what's happening Hmm. to just, see what's going on in the niches and areas that I care about. So that's one, just what's so-and-so doing? What's this so-and-so doing? And, oh, I can do better than that. Or, huh, that was cool. I don't think I'll ever try that because they did that. That's one way. Another way is really just listening to my intuition. I have a beef with people who create because they think that's what the market will want. That drives me nuts. Mm -hmm. I believe it's important to listen to your market and to see what's happening out there. Mm -hmm. But if Steve Jobs listened to the market, we would probably never get the iPhone. Mm -hmm. If Henry Ford listened to the market, they wanted a faster horse. Mm -hmm. And he changed it to automobiles, right? Like there's, there's the internal intuition of. Nobody else thinks this is going to work, but I know it's going to work. I have this inner conviction. So I, I try to listen really hard to that, especially in my music, where it's a certain kind of music that maybe not be the academically accepted anymore. And I don't care at all about that. I'm looking for what's going to communicate on the other side of the concert hall. You know, so I, I really pay attention to what, my intuition is telling me about that, even if it seems like it's the absolute wrong thing to do.
0: I like that. Okay. So we're doing rapid fire questions. Do you feel ready? <laughs> ready. <laughs> All right. <laughs> do you prefer to read a physical book or audio? Audible. Audio.
1: Book. audio.
0: What's the last book you listened to?
1: I'm in the middle of a book. It's called Stay Sane in an Insane World by Greg Hardin. Mm-hmm. It's flipping mm-hmm. fantastic.
0: That sounds like a very good book. But I'm also
1: listening to J.K. Rowling's crime novels, the Cormoran Strike books, simultaneously, because I can't just do one thing. I have to do multiple Yes.
0: Yes. Okay. What's your favorite piece of artwork hanging in your home?
1: I have a copper tree of life that I got as a missionary in South America. It's gorgeous. It's an original by this artist I knew. It's beautiful.
0: Okay. What's your favorite piece of music? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh have you forced me to pick one
0: yes oh, okay so or is it easier to answer this one if you had to listen to one on a loop for the rest of your life is that an easier question or harder to answer it's about
1: after? the same but you'll okay. have sebastian Bach's saint matthew passion which is a dramatization of the last couple of days of jesus christ's life And it is the most masterful piece of music, I believe, ever composed. Hmm. It has everything. Every emotion you could think of, every musical trick you could think of. He was 300 years ahead of his time in what he was doing musically, yet it was still present and dramatic, and you can feel every note. It's just an absolute marvel.
0: I'm going to have to listen to that. Tell me that name again.
1: It's three and a half hours long, so be careful. Okay.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the St. Matthew Passion. So it's a big oratorio. It's for two choirs, two orchestras, a whole slew of like 16 soloists. It's basically an opera. It's it's the last couple days of Jesus' life in opera form, but in a church <clears throat> instead of an opera hall.
0: So where can we find your stuff?
1: If you want to check out my music, you can go to com. If you want to check out what I'm doing in marketing, you go to dougpucopywriting.com. Copy with the copywriting with the W, not like circle C. Those are, those are the two main places, but you can also just reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram.
0: This is Cassidy Beck signing off for today, reminding you to embrace the art of self refinement. Until next time, keep crafting your masterpiece.